Welcome back to another episode of The Single Season, hosted by me, Allison Wellington. We are talking all things dating and relationships, and I am so excited to have today's guest. Taylor Chandler is a therapist who helps women and men navigate relationships, not only romantic ones, so that they can show up as the best versions of themselves. And so today, we are talking about are you actually ready to date. So y'all been on my website and all the trainings and watching all the episodes, I hope, and downloading every single one of them. However, you can get all the tips you want, but if you're not actually ready to get into a healthy, committed relationship, these amazing tips, they ain't gonna work. So we have Taylor here to give us the inside track on how we can show up as the best versions of ourselves so we can be in the healthy, happy relationships we claim that we deserve. So Taylor, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Of course, of course. We're going to jump right into it, girl, Let's because it. I want to know, I primarily working, I'm working with single women, mm. successful single women. Mm -hmm. What issues are you seeing in your practice with successful single women? That's a great question. So the main issue that I see with women who have success in the in production, they're very productive, high-achieving women. Um, are unable to have the intimate, satisfying relationships that they want with the opposite sex. Most commonly because they're used to controlling things, and in those relationships, they don't have the control that they're used to having otherwise. Mm, the control yeah. piece. Control. Mm -hmm. So then how does that manifest when they finally do get into a relationship? So a lot of anxiety. I think women who are typically really high-functioning, high-achieving, um, are used to appearing like they have it all together, mm -hmm. but actually can be really anxious internally. Mm -hmm. And so that can come out, come out by wondering like what they're doing, what their location is, if they're dating other people too early. Premature attachment is mm -hmm. something that we'll coin that as. So getting really close to somebody before you actually know them to try to lock the relationship in before mm -hmm. it's actually developed. Mm -hmm. What's too soon to lock the relationship in? I think that's situational. I think it's different for different people. Mm -hmm. So more than like a date or a number of days, a number of dates, it's more about your emotional experience with that person. So have you been able to develop trust? Have you been able to develop a sense of mutual respect, reciprocity, that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. Granted, developing genuine trust, I do think takes some time. Yes. It just, it's just not necessarily a certain amount of time. Understood, understood. Now, when you work with them in mm -hmm. your practice, if you could give a percentage or an idea, how many of them are aware that they have a control issue? How many of them are willing to work on changing it? Wow, can you repeat the question? Okay. That's a great question. Yes, so in your practice of yeah. working with these successful women who have control issues is mm -hmm. what I'm calling it, how yeah. many of them are aware that they even have this control issue? How many of them are willing to change it? I would say that when by the time someone comes to me, they're unaware. The majority are unaware they have a control problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, so if I had to put a percentage on it, I would say 90 percent. Mm -hmm. Nine out of 10 don't know they have a control problem, but they do know they're not getting the outcomes that they want. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, that even though the number is low for awareness on the front end, the willingness to change is high. So once I, I, I realized that with this particular type of woman, that mm -hmm. even though they're not aware, when they do become aware, they're ready to go and they're ready to change. Okay. And I think that's a misconception. I think that people think that that type of woman is locked into like what they're doing and they just want to do things their way. But I find it to be very different than that. Okay. So I would imagine that these high earning, 
you know, uh, women who are doing well for themselves, successful mm. women, realize that they have a problem that yeah. needs to be solved. Right. They've reached out for help. Right. Which says a lot. And then right. once they hear a plan that sounds reasonable to them, they're willing to take action. Is yes. that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. OK. Now, what about the ones that aren't? What does that look like? <laughs> Do you dump them the like ones as that a therapist? Aren't. Yeah. The ones that aren't ready to change, that aren't willing to change. Yeah. So that's pretty apparent. For me, it's pretty apparent on the consult call. So you're going to feel a lot of defensiveness, um, a lot of... Uh, let's say misplaced confidence. Mm. I think that's a nice way of putting it. Where someone they're they're they made the move. It's almost like cognitive dissonance. Like I'm gonna make the move to make the change, but I don't actually believe that I need help. So you're just gonna find a lot of incongruence with that type of person. Mm. And so yeah, I'll refer them out. I'll refer them out. <laughs> yeah, if you're not a good yeah, match, it's out of my scope of practice to make you you know make you ready. So. Um, yeah, so sometimes they need to be referred out or they need to take a take a couple of days to think on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. So talk to me about some of the positive attributes. Yeah. Like maybe after you've finished with a client. Mm -hmm. Actually, let's take a step back. Tell me okay. about finishing with a client in therapy. Yeah. Are we ever finished? Yes. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that someone going to therapy should expect to be done with that particular problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're always growing and developing, and so there's going to be new things as you're going, and things change as we grow and develop, and we need new eyes on new problems mm -hmm. um, or fresh eyes on new problems. But you should expect to, like I work with attachment, so becoming going from insecure to secure. You should expect that you should be confident and secure within yourself and within relationships by the time you're done. That's not something that should be this ongoing, arduous process. You mm -hmm. do get to a place where you are done. I know what your answer is going to be. So let what me prompt it? it with... Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask you how long will it take. You're going to tell me it depends on the person. So... Well, I do it in 12 weeks normally. 12 weeks? Yeah, 12 weeks. To mm -hmm. correct significant... Significant. Childhood traumas that's that have right. caused... Yeah. Yeah, so I do I do them in 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's... That's another thing. It just depends on the type of therapist that you're working with. So I'm very solution-focused, mm -hmm. and I have a framework that I'm working out of with every client, even though each individual is unique. Yes. The framework and the strategy for getting someone to security is the same universally because there are certain things that make us feel safe. There are ways that we can communicate that makes it more likely that someone's going to hear us and receive us regardless of what we're communicating about. Mm -hmm. And so there are certain things like that. There's a framework that we're going to work out of so that you're not just grasping for straws. I don't know if that's a, is that a yeah. grasping for straws? Yeah. Uh, so you're not just like roaming around in the dark looking for, you know, the way out. There's a way out. Mm -hmm. So I follow one way out. Mm -hmm. You are so direct. Mm -hmm. You in, are so direct. Yes, in, in your approach, right? <laughs> yeah. And and I feel so confident when you speak. I believe you. I don't want to mm. leave you after 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? Yeah, Don't people become attached? That's a good question. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and like when I, I still have, an, I think, an attachment to my therapist, even though I don't see my therapist regularly. So I think good therapy, not I think, I know good therapy, you do develop a level of attachment, though, though there's boundaries and professional boundaries within that attachment. Um, so when someone gets to the end of their 12 weeks, sometimes what happens is we take a one, we take one hour sessions and we'll go to 30 minute sessions instead. And we might check in every other week or even once a month. Mm -hmm. So we'll just dial down the frequency and the, the length of time. And sometimes someone really is done after 12. And I just tell them to reach out when they're like if they need something else or maybe someone's single at the time 
And then when they start dating, they just want to make sure that they're doing it right. Mm -hmm. And so then they'll reach back out and we'll do a couple sessions. Perfect. Let's talk about doing it right. Yeah. So what are the green flags mm -hmm. in a person that will show us they are ready? Okay. Green flags. Uh, Non-anxious presence is a good one. So you're not really... Non-anxious presence... Another another maybe key word is having a level of healthy detachment mm -hmm. from the person that you're dating or interacting with, especially on the front end. So you're able to be present, you're able to connect, but I don't have to make this do something and I don't have to make us get a in a to a particular place. Mm -hmm. So non-anxious presence is really good. Having your own life is also a green flag. So mm -hmm. your life isn't revolve around finding someone and then being with them, although those are great things to have in your life. Um, when you have your own life, like you have things that you would like to do regardless of whether someone's doing it with you. You can be by yourself and not feel anxious or worthless or lonely. Mm. So that kind of experience you can have as an individual is a really big green flag. Mm -hmm. Um, and then willingness to change, I think it's just always so flexibility, willingness to change when you're dating someone, especially if you're dating multiple people, mm -hmm. you're having to, it's not about you, it's about you and the other person. And so being able to adjust and accommodate and know that my way isn't the only way, but that the person that I'm with also has ways and truths that they live by and be able to be flexible and integrate rather than try to change someone. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. That's a big green flag. I, I noticed with those pretty nails that mm -hmm. you said truths in quotation marks. So talk to us about these truths. I've seen yeah. you speak about objective, subjective, mm -hmm. the truth, oh, my truth. Big question. So talk to that's us about question. these truths. Okay, so we have been talking, we talk in this language often, like our generation, my truth, what's my truth? Um, and so when it comes to objective truth, those are things that you and the other person can just agree happen. Like, let's talk about dating. Let's talk about, give me a common issue that you see with clients. Like what's something the client normally complains about? Um, inconsistent communication with Inconsistent gentlemen. communication. That's a perfect example. So the communication itself, like how much we communicated or the mode of communication, that's objective. It's like, did we communicate or not? Yes or no. Yes. But subjective is the experience that I'm having when we're communicating. And two people that are communicating together can have two very different experiences of that same communication. Mm -hmm. And so that is so important to understand that your subjective experience with somebody, like with communication, like with intimacy, and those two things are very much intertwined, your subjective experience might be different than the other person. And so when you hear a different experience than yours and you become defensive or even afraid that they don't understand me or I'm losing them, um, to be able to catch that and say, okay, I'm having an experience, but you're also having one. How can we understand each other rather than trying to make each other have each other's experience? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense to okay. me. Absolutely. So, that yeah. you are respecting the other's per the other person's perspective right. and their experience their with you. Yeah. yeah, okay, exactly. understood. Talk to us about red flag mm -hmm. behaviors that yeah. are universal. So I'll tell you a little bit. For me, I always tell people, for the most part, other than the obvious stuff, mm -hmm. which I'm going to leave for you, mm -hmm. red flags are your own, mm -hmm. meaning that I may have a problem with a gentleman who spends what I find is too much time with his family. Mm -hmm. Someone, and that would be a red flag to me if you are constantly with your family. Someone else 
yearns to have an extension of a family they never had. So yeah. him being with his family is a green flag because they love family and they want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So I always say that red flags are individual. Yeah, but you tell us, what are some universal red flags that <laughs> folks should look out for, men or women? <laughs> okay, good. Um, I think involvement with your ex is a big one. Um, I don't, and I wonder what you think about this too, mm -hmm. just like what's an appropriate level of involvement. That's something that's a subjective question. Zero. Zero. Okay. And Unless they you. are the parent yeah. of, a, of a child that you share. No. Zero. I'm with you. So we're on the same page about that. I think any anything else, any other kind of open door is just a cover for something else. I don't mm -hmm. know why people are so involved with their exes. So that's a big one. Um, I'm with you on the the family stuff. So not having space. I think so if we're talking about the way that you're physically spending your time, then I'll talk about the the emotional way that you're spending your energy. So if someone doesn't have emotional space for someone, like you have so much going on that you cannot care. Right, like someone can even want to, but if they don't have enough capacity to, mm -hmm. then you're not going to get that care and that attention that you need. So emotional space is a big one. Um, and these things, I mean, you have to have conversations with people a lot of the times. That's not something you necessarily know just by looking at somebody. Um, but I will give you something that you can look at, and I'll mm -hmm. end it here, where one something that you can see is like someone's ability to function in their day to day. Mm. Like, do they have a job? Do they have transportation? And I'm not even, I'm not even, well, let me not get too specific, but no, do get you specific. have, okay, sure. So, um, you know, depending on location matters, right? Context matters. And sometimes you're in a place where you don't might not, not necessarily need a car, but can you get around? Like, mm -hmm. do you have strategies for getting to and from? I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of like people that have been in relationships and you've probably heard them too, where the person doesn't have a car, or they can't get to work. And then the other person is like giving them their car or driving them to work. And mm -hmm. that becomes this really codependent type of dependence on somebody and you can get really intertwined with someone early that you don't actually have a developed relationship with. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one. Um, just someone's ability to function. Mm. I could go on about red flags though. No, Those keep going. Few. No, we need them. You need more? Yes. Okay. So how about not having a life? So someone that is so anxious about you or so open, and maybe this is tricky because I just said someone needs emotional space. But if someone, if all they're doing is focusing on you, I think that's a red flag. Mm -hmm. Like you're all that they have time for. You're you're their whole schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, um, someone's filling their life up. They're like propping their life up with your life. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a red flag. Um, the way that someone talks to you is a red flag, mm -hmm. right? Like things things that you see early on are important. Like the way that like, does someone respect you just because you're a person, yes. not because you're giving them something or because you've now become, now when you get into a relationship, then they're going to treat you differently. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone should treat you well just because you're a human that deserves respect and you're worthy of good treatment. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple of things. Got it. Understood. Talk to us about some things mm -hmm. that women should work on and maybe okay. just the, the opposite of the red flag piece, right? Mm -hmm. But what are some things that women should work on or invest in mm -hmm. before getting in the dating space? Therapy. So I think if you haven't gotten checked out, it's just like a physical exam, get mentally checked out, get emotionally checked out. So therapy is good. Um, I think that your appearance matters too. And so um, 
just this isn't even about like men being visual because women also have eyes so this is really for anybody like just being able to like understand like what clothes look good on you or like how do you feel best what do you like to wear it doesn't have to be a particular type of look but looking the way that you feel confident I think is a big deal and so spending time it's not always spending money although I think spending money is important because you're like you're investing in yourself. Um, but it's not just about money. It's also just about time and attention. Like, do you pay yes. attention to yourself? Mm-hmm. And like, when do you feel good? And when do you not feel good? And when do you want to hide? And when do you feel more outgoing? When do you, how do you feel comfortable and confident? So I think those, those are some things I think that you should invest in before you start dating. Um, I think also having investing in other relationships and mm-hmm. not just focusing on the romantic relationship like the one and we have so many things that are telling you like to find the one there's nothing wrong with finding the one you help people find the one all the time that's great but also like well who are the other ones in your life who also need your who also that those relationships need nurture too yes and so i think investing in good friendships healthy friendships if you don't have them now like start now don't just focus on the romantic piece but also your platonic friendships absolutely so taylor as we wrap mm-hmm. up what is one piece of advice mm-hmm. that you would offer to successful single women who are struggling in the dating scene one easy yeah. piece of advice Rethink your list. Mm-hmm. Rethink your list. What you think that you need, not saying that it's not, is that you should throw it away or that you don't need it, but to rethink it and to really consider what you want your life to look like in not just a year from now, but five years, 10 years. And does that list support it or are those like more superficial or maybe material or short term things? So just rethink the list. I think that's a very reasonable piece of advice. So, Taylor, tell us how can we connect with you? How can we work with you? How do we do all the things? Um, I am Taylor Chandler on every platform. You can find me at I am Taylor Chandler on Instagram. I am Taylor Chandler dot com. I am Taylor Chandler everywhere. TikTok, YouTube. I am Taylor Chandler Excellent. on everything. Thank you so much for being such the guest I knew you would be. Thank you, Amazing Allison, for having me. Absolutely. So, folks, I hope that you have some takeaways as well. I know that I learned a lot from Taylor this evening. I know for me, in my practice, that one thing I'm going to recommend is that we consider therapy first. Therapy first, okay? So folks, please make sure that you check out the show notes. I have tons of free resources available to you. But if you realize that the free ain't enough and you need a little bit of support and hand-holding and maybe a little fire under your behind to get right, go ahead and... And a little bit of fire... Shit. And you need a little bit of support to get right, go ahead and head to my website, alignwithallison.com and book that 15-minute consultation. Thank you all for listening. Peace.